Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. I'm glad to have you back with us after the weekend, and since two days have passed since we last spoke, I think it will be a good idea if I remind you of what was said last week. If you hear God Is via the podcast and you listen to several in a row, back to back, my summary here might seem a little repetitive, but we can all use the reminder, can't we? And for our radio listeners, this will be particularly helpful. To be honest, even I have to remind myself what was said the week previous. When I lay down my work for the weekend and come back to it first thing on Monday morning, my mind cannot always recall what I said. We all have so much information rushing through these brains of ours that keeping all the content straight is a challenge. We are just at the start of verse 1 of Genesis chapter 4. The personality in this chapter we want to center our discussion around is Cain. But in verses 1 and 2, we first meet Cain's parents. They are Adam and Eve. And even in just this first verse, God uses their marriage to illustrate for us two divine truths that are as true for every one of us as they were for Adam and Eve. I will remind you what these are after I read just the first part of verse 1. This is Genesis 4.1. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. As we saw on Friday, God's will is this. The first is that sexual intercourse always be only in the context of marriage between one man and one woman. The second is that human life begins at conception. The very instant a baby is conceived in the mother's womb, that baby is a person that lives. Both sex in the context of marriage and human life at conception are written about in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. We will take these one at a time and continue now with the context for sexual relations, which is marriage. We learned the phrase, had relations with, means sex. The Bible says, now the man had relations with his wife Eve. In Hebrew, this literally means to know and to become aware of. This speaks of the sacred intimacy of one man and one woman. And then I added three things. First, this Hebrew word is used only in reference to sex within marriage between a man and a woman. Second, this word is only used in the case of sex between human beings. This will not be the word used for sex between animals. And that tells us something important. Sex between husband and wife is not only a physical act, it is also a conscious act. For animals, sex is only physical, but not so for humans. Listen to what a pastor and author of a very insightful commentary on Genesis says. This is Robert Harbash, quote, The word to know indicates a personal free act of the will and not the work of a blind natural impulse or instinct. 
It is an act based on moral self-decision that is on intelligent, conscious choice. End quote. Sex between man and woman is very different than sex between animals, at least according to God's design. But that is lost today in a culture that demands sex be on impulse or instinct among people. Sex is on demand, and whatever one wants it, one gets it. However one wants sexual fulfillment, one gets sexual fulfillment. That is the context in which we now live. People really are behaving like the animals. And then third, the sex between Adam and Eve was monogamous. Adam enjoyed sex with his wife, Eve, and only with his wife. The verse is explicit. Let me read it again. Genesis 4, verse 1. Now the man had relations with his wife, Eve. His wife is emphasized. Friends, sexual intercourse is always to be only in the context of marriage between one man and one woman. We see this from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, and we believe this still holds true today. Okay, that draws together what we have already learned, and there was more, so if you were not with us last week, jump online and punch in godisministry.org into your web browser and get caught up on the podcasts, which are obvious at the center of the homepage. These are easy to use, just click that little play arrow when you visit godisministry.org. Here is a troubling reality for all that believe the context for sexual intercourse is always in the marriage between one man and one woman. We live in a culture in which God's commands regarding sex is repudiated. The majority of people amongst whom we live reject what God says about this. Premarital sex, that is sex before marriage, And extramarital sex, that is sex outside of marriage, is beyond permissible. It is assumed. It is encouraged. It is normal. And that's just sex between a man and a woman, which these days, even that sounds very antiquated. The very meaning of sexual intercourse has been totally redefined by the demanding oftentimes angry voices of the sexual revolution in America and around the world. We are now told that all of us must adhere to the redefinition of sex and sexual identity as defined by these letters, L, G, B, T, Q, plus. For context, here is what all that means. I looked it up. Lesbian, Gay, bisexual, transgender, transsexual, two-spirit, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, ally, pansexual, agender, genderqueer, bigender, gender variant, and pangender. As you can tell, the plus at the end of LGBTQ covers a lot. And they are always adding to it. Well, here's the big problem with this. God 
commands sex for one man married to one woman, period. And God created all people to either be male or female, period. I believe we see this right from the beginning of the Bible. For example, here in Genesis 4.1, that is, the only context for sexual intercourse is marriage in which one man consciously, lovingly, and willingly copulates with his wife. And that same woman consciously, lovingly, and willingly copulates with her husband. Notice also the two genders, only male and female. Now, having said this, I do not assume that every one of you tuning in agree with me on this. I do not assume that. How could I? You are also living as part of the prevailing culture. You are also influenced by alternative views to the one I am presenting from Genesis 4.1. There are many people who listen to Christian radio and Christian podcasts who are not Christians. And there are even more who would not take the Bible as literally as I do, or who would try to work their way around in the biblical text to come up with alternative interpretations of what certain verses mean by what they say. Besides, you may embrace a different perspective on the context, or contexts, plural, in which sexual intercourse is appropriate. You may not find incompatibility with the Bible, or even God, on the multiple expressions of gender identity. So for those of you who take issue with my interpretation of this verse we are looking at, or for those of you who oppose what I believe strongly is God's will on this, I invite you to continue with us throughout Genesis 4, because I want to show you from the Bible that how you think and live is how Cain thought and how Cain lived. And that in his opposition to the will of God, God spoke to Cain, and God spoke graciously yet sternly. He warned Cain about his resistance to God, and he invited Cain to lay down that defiance, to change his attitude, to master his antagonism towards God. My desire is that you hear from God himself and that you respond positively to God's gracious yet stern warning to you, as we will find it in this passage of the Scripture. Of course, to do this, that means you will keep listening to God is on this station at this time, and or you download and continue to listen to this God is podcast. That may be a lot to ask of someone who disagrees with me, Perhaps, but if we cannot share with each other our perspectives on what the Bible says about sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, and the like, really hear one another out, yes, indeed hoping to convince the other person of our convictions from the text, if we cannot do this, then we fail to do what anyone who takes the Bible seriously must do, graciously, yet passionately, point people to God's 
truth. What does God say about all of this? That is what is of primary concern and importance to us. So stick with us and continue to join us weekdays as we discover who God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.